You are listening to the Grow Down Podcast. Conversations while following Jesus on the old road that leads to new life. I'm your host, Tim Herset. Thank you for listening. If this is the first time that you're tuning into the Grow Down Podcast, I want to take the opportunity to tell you a little bit about it. This podcast is a tool to help disciples of Jesus walk in the way of Jesus while living life in our current reality. The first year of this podcast focused on traditional spiritual disciplines where we tried to make sense of these ancient and timeless practices, considering what it might look like to practice them as disciples of Jesus today. This year on the Grow Down podcast, we're continuing these conversations with a quartet of trilogies. We have four different people talking about three groupings of significance found throughout the Bible. Currently, we are looking at trees, mountains, and rivers in the Bible. Looking at the significance, the literal and figurative uses of trees, mountains, and rivers, and how they can actually help you and I live out a life of faith following Jesus. I hope you enjoy this next episode of the Grow Down Podcast with my friend, James Busher, as we start our conversation about mountains. Welcome back to the Grow Down Podcast, James Busher. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, you're out of out of the forest and the trees, and we're now climbing. Yeah. <laughs> on this on this uh, next trilogy in our quartet of trilogies, in the next segment here, we're talking about mountains in scripture and the significance of mountains, the general just appearance of mountains throughout the Bible, and then how mountains impact us spiritually. So to get started, James, do you have a favorite mountain and why? Would it be oh man, that's a good question. That's a hard question. I mean, there's like uh, so many ways to, to tackle that. Do you go like favorite mountain you've been on most like kind of visually arresting mountain that like captures your mind and imagination. Um, I don't know. Do you go like based on the mountain itself or the memories or trips there or that's tough, man. That's, that's, that's a tough one. Um, But I guess if I had to say like, one of my favorite mountains um uh it's probably it would probably be i don't know maybe um what we call jj in the british columbia coast range um and up in the princess louisa inlet uh that was I, it was my first mountain that i guided on um it was the first mountain i took uh a mountain trip on when I was um, out at beyond Malibu and um, for a while I had a really like contentious relationship with it because I got set to guide it 
like multiple times in a row and i was like give me another mountain this is so annoying i want to go see something else um but i don't know now after having done it i just had so many good trips on it and um made such good friends and there's so many ways to kind of experience it you cross a glacier and um you can do some climbing and rappelling and um just beautiful beautiful views so i don't know great camping spots it's an awesome awesome mountain um looks like a shark fin it's super dramatic once you get up there it doesn't it looks pretty uh bland once like from the from the inlet but once you get up it's uh it's got a pretty sweet uh pretty sweet shape so um that's cool but yeah i mean that would be that would be one of them um uh, what about you what's what's your favorite mountain well, I probably should have thought about this if I was asking the question, right? Because I knew you were going to yeah. throw it back to me. Right, yeah. Um, man, as you were, I was doing poor listening. I was thinking while you were talking about what mine was. Um, mm-hmm. Man, but I think similarly, there's mountains that I have the a relationship with that are less than it's less than a good relationship um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because of interesting experiences had on them. Yeah. Um, I'll share. I don't know if it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite mountains to look at here in the Flathead Valley when you can get up high on another mountain and have a view. And that's uh, it's called Great Northern. Mm. Uh, some people call it the dragon because it's ridge kind of looks like this dragon's tail. And I've actually only ever been up on it one time. And uh, growing up around here, climbing mountains with friends, uh, we have like this unspoken rule of like you don't complain no matter how hmm. ugly, terrible, miserable it is. Yeah. And <laughs> I was with our, a mutual friend of ours, Coulter Lane, and his dad. We climbed and skied Great Northern. And on our, so we had to climb the west side of it, do this ridge walk. And when we got to the top, the, the skiing was going to be so good on the Stanton Glacier side, on the opposite side of it from what you can see from most places. And so we skied that, then we had to climb back up and then hike down the front. And, Mm -hmm. um, the coming down the front at the end of the day, which would have been the trail we started on in the morning yeah, is just horrendously steep with no switchbacks like yeah it's the kind of trail that in two miles it should have about 42 switchbacks because it's so steep and yeah i just remember near the end of the day like coulter and i stopping and both of us leaning over on our ski poles or up against the tree and looking at each other and all we could do is shake our heads (laughs) and it was like this unspoken we were complaining without complaining mm-hmm. kind of a deal. Yeah. 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 So it's like this favorite of like, man, that was <clears throat> quite the day. It was a huge day and a beautiful time to ski. Um, I don't know if I would ever want to do it again, kind of a thing, but it's just, yeah. it's one of those mountains that when you see it across the Valley, sometimes on a clear day, when you're skiing at big mountain in whitefish, you can see the great Northern, um, and it's just like this awe-inspiring peak. Um, 
beautiful beautiful mountain when you're on hungry horse reservoir you're sitting down below it and, mm-hmm. and it's just a gorgeous mountain so i think that in some ways that's a favorite um a favorite that i'm not sure i want to go back to interestingly enough yeah right um but yeah, yeah I, I think it's funny that like i think a lot of mountain stories feel like that yeah <laughs> like if it's worth really remarking on then like it probably sucked <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's like the old like the cliche you never remember the perfect day right mm-hmm. um, yeah. you always want the perfect day as far as weather goes but those are the ones that kind of fade away so mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's one of mine but then the other the other one i think maybe that even before i even knew of great northern it would be mount aeneas uh which is on the swan range on the east part of flatted valley and um, for most of the year, the sunrise happens right next to Mount Aeneas, and it's uh, a lot of different pieces of art around here. Um, they t- kind of take the shape and form of Mount Aeneas, and mm-hmm. that's one I've been up many different times. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful mountain. That one might be my favorite as well. I don't yeah, know. that one's up there, and it's so accessible too. I mm-hmm. mean, as far as mountains go, especially in the valley. Um, to get up to something really, uh, really sweet and beautiful. And yeah. Yeah. That's a great call. I was up there too. So, so James, you and I, we both live in Montana. Uh, we live close to mountains. Um, you, you spent some time away from the mountains, middle school and high school, but then you came back. Mm -hmm. Um, we've, you and I have, gone on many different adventures in the mountains whether hiking or skiing or mountain biking and you currently your house is like at the base of a mountain yeah Um, so the question would be and this is going to kind of bridge the conversation into um, our understanding of mountains in the bible and what they might teach us but how how would you say that mountains inform your understanding of the place which you live Hmm. how do mountains inform my understanding of place um man i think you know having lived away from mountains and then uh and then moving back and then spending time kind of like fully uh three summers like just totally completely surrounded and dictated by mountains um there's it's just a different rhythm of life that happens when you live in the mountains um and because i think they're so imposing or can be um and there's like varying degrees of that right um but they're so imposing in the landscape that it's so hard not to kind of orient your perspective toward nature um, around kind of what's happening in the mountains. Right. Um, And that's, that was kind of what was unsettling to me about living in like Kansas city was I just felt so disconnected from the natural world because it's not kind of in your face all the time. Um, And here in Helena, it's not, it's not so much like the mountains are, uh, they're big, but they're subtly big. There's, there's not huge relief, um, like in the Flathead Valley. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of a different, uh, a different vibe. They're there and everyone knows kind of what's happening in the mountains. Um, and that's like conversation around town is, you know, as much likely to be around, um, I don't know, like fishing the Missouri as it is like snowpack, um, as it is like what's coming for fire season this summer as we kind of think about what that means or um, like they're just so a part of the natural ecosystem and kind of everything comes from the mountains that it's hard not to uh, not to live in their context, you know, like you have to. Um, and so because they're there and imposing and such a huge contributor to, uh, like the local ecology that like they have to, they have to be a part of your consciousness. Um, and, and it, I think connects people who live kind of in mountain towns, um, or in mountainous regions. I think it just connects them a little bit closer to nature and a little bit closer to, um, kind of what, uh, what God is doing in that space. So that's kind of a long, thanks. Oh yeah. Oh, thorough, thorough answer to the question. Rambling talk around. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, like, I, I think, so I spent some time in college in Minnesota away from mountains. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting for me, um, was I think that's when I first started considering that the landscape, like for me, the landscape I grew up with in the Flathead Valley surrounded by mountains, that it really does inform how I understand where I live, wherever that was. So it was kind of the, yeah. the absence of mountains helped me begin to consider how what the landscape that you live in like actually shapes the way you view life. Um, because in the like Twin Cities in Minneapolis, St. Paul, people often they plan vacations to go to glacier national park which was you know that's like my backyard and Uh so i would hear people who are like they're like just looking forward to like getting away to the mountains Uh Um, or they would structure their work week to be done noon on friday so they could go to the north shore of lake superior where there are some legitimate mountains up there, the Lucasin uh-huh. mountains. And um, so there's like this, this draw to mountains when people aren't in mountains that yeah. um, was a really interesting thing for me to start to understand how like the place, the landscape around you actually shapes the way you view life. And so uh, I remember growing up, there would be like a bumper sticker on cars or you'll see it slapped on a chairlift at the ski hill and it would say, my life is better than your vacation. Um, and like, so like having that, like in my mind of going, okay, I think that really has shaped the way I understand place. Right. Because of like, yeah, sure. My, you know, people, you know, Minnesota, for example, or if, if you go down to Colorado, you run into a lot of people from Texas, right. Mm-hmm. A day's like a, a day, 20 hour drive from the mountains, people are just drawn and they come to the mountains where when you're living in it, you, you almost, you take it for granted, the beauty that's there, mm-hmm. um, the opportunities that are there and, you know, whole communities have been developed in these places that are kind of getaways for a lot of other people. So, 
Um, I think mountains have, they, it was the being away from the mountains that helped me start to understand how much the mountains actually shape my understanding of life being lived in the mountains. Um, Yeah. I mean, part of it comes down to even just like direction, right? Like mm -hmm. we know, I mean, in Helena, I always know where, what direction it is because I know where the mountains are. Um, you know, I know that there are the South Hills, South of town, and I know the sleeping giants North of town. And, uh, you can always orient toward, uh, those steady places. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even those, even those pieces that like you forget about how, uh, if you, if you move away from the mountains, you forget like what, what kind of a centering piece that can give you too. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of know where you sit. So, well, yeah. And one thing for me with being in the Midwest, I, it was weather that mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much mountains impacted the weather, uh, until I didn't see the mountains. So like you could be out in the Midwest and it's like, they're predicting, you know, it's going to rain in, you know, in 40 minutes, you're going to have rain and it'll rain for 20 minutes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how can they be that precise? Um, but being out in the plains, you can, with a radar, you can see how big the storm is and clock how fast it's moving. Yeah. It's not going to hit anything. It's just cruising. <laughs> yeah, where where I live, though, like, man, storms will just sneak up on you out of nowhere. Um, you know, we always joke that if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes because it'll change, you know. Or, or I look at the weather forecast and I've got rain gear ready, but because the mountains and where I live, being close to Lone Pine, like, the weather gets pushed around that mountain. Mm-hmm. So the forecast for the town will be rain, but I might not get rained on at all because the weather's being pushed around by these mountains. And, totally. Um, so how they like just literally will shape the weather um, has been so interesting to, to learn and understand over the years. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Grow Down Podcast. Tune in next week for another piece of this conversation with James Busher discussing mountains in the Bible. Take care while you follow Jesus on the old road that leads to new life.